Okay, boom, we're live. We've not. Uh, I'm replacing Josh today. Well, not replacing him. We've just kicked him off the podcast, so Josh is not here. But thank a, God, because he's a, a white belt. Yeah, is that so? Today, yeah, we've got a special black belt only podcast. So Josh is only a one strike white belt, so we've banned him from the table. In his own studio, he's crying in corner now. So yeah, we've just done a we've just had a seminar. Um, so we're joined by Mr. Chris Houter, uh, head of the Combat Base Association, and then we've got Darren and Helen Curry, head of Combat Base in the UK. Um, so first of all, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Darren wants a nap. He's he's past his bedtime. So I want a nap too. I'm knackered. Jet lagged and knackered. How are you finding the uh, time difference? Is that messing you up a little bit? They always do, um, but it's not bad. Honestly, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, well, well, the cold uh, is bad. Yeah, yeah. It's like cryo, full-time cryo chamber. Yeah, I'm over at Adam's place, and he's like all excited because he's got a cryo chamber, and I'm like, why don't you just remove your clothes, walk outside? <laughs> That's cryo. Colder. I know, we need, we need saunas, we need eating up over here. It's colder than a witch's tit in a brass bra on the back of a Harley. <laughs> oh, <Chris. laughs> so, um, let's get, we'll get started. We'll, we're just going to do a quick one today because Chris is busy. You're off to London, right? You've got a seminar, off to London, yes. seminar in London. So, yep. um, Onuma's place. Yeah. And then where, whereabouts are you heading after that? Are you to Ireland? Ireland. Yeah. Yep. And then are you some out? of the straight blast gyms. I'll be there. Ah, uh, yeah. Cool. Because, uh, for those watching, obviously, from everybody knows who McGregor is now. <laughs> and uh, so the SBG connection with Combat Base is that, like, uh, Matt, Matt Thornton. <laughs> yep, he, he runs SBG, and I'm his coach, his black belt-or. So you are Conor McGregor's grandmaster, basically. But Conor's great-grand coach. There you go. Because that would go me, Matt Thornton, John Kavanaugh, <coughs> Conor McGregor. Yeah. There you go. So he the came to your guys one time, didn't he? I think we were yeah, there. he came he to my garage at one time. Yeah. On yep. I like Connor. He's a good guy. Yeah, so there is there is roots. And I, I think I remember when I first started training with, with you guys in Ponte, you had like all SBG patches and stuff. Yeah. So Yeah, through through Chris we um we met Matt Thornton at a time like with the SBG like in the early days, didn't we? We did. It was um some good times actually still. You know, really really glad that we kinda of hooked up with those guys when we mm -hmm. did. Yeah, so so like rewinding to that, back back to the back to the start basically. Um, so Helen was one of the first. She was the first female. I think Helen is the first female UK black belt. Yeah, what about your, or Europe or second in second Europe. second in Europe, second in Europe. first in the second UK. Second in Europe, French girl. So. French girl. Yes. She got it a month a, a month before I yeah. got. Uh, yeah, that Helen is tougher than nails though. <laughs> she really is. It was. It's that Celtic blood. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That you see, we don't mind blood. the cold, Chris. We don't whinge about the cold. You don't. You know what I mean? It's and I'll tell you, I go like all over the place, like places where it's snowing and all that. But in inside, it's warm. Whereas UK, you can never find warmth. <laughs> Only under hot water. And sometimes I'm in places where the water doesn't even get hot. <laughs> and it's like, geez. You guys just love the cold. We have central heat in our gym. 
You do. We yeah. do, yeah. Why don't you use it? We do. We just like to have it there, not not turn yeah, it yeah, on. We don't. Yeah, it is. in the summer we've got a big fan, but we don't put that on either. It's like torture. You just like, it should be torture. Yes, but warm torture. No man, no. So, so I when I started training with you guys, like I say, you had a SBG patches and stuff like that. Yeah. I can't even remember what year that was. Like it um, mid two thousands, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe a touch earlier. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. I I remember I was at the pro MMA fight you had, which was one or two fights before UFC. Yeah. Yeah, you, well, that was, that was my debut on it. Me, me, uh, my pro debut, I think you was there. The, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we yeah. both cornered you. Yeah, yeah. When I leg lock that guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I remember you saying to me, "I'm, I'm going to get a leg lock. I'm going to get a leg lock." And I see you just standing. Now up everybody's doing fucking leg locks. Yeah, because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember yeah. seeing you st- standing over the guy and throwing some shots, and I'm thinking, "Don't sit back for a leg lock. Yeah. Don't sit back for a leg lock." And then Chris shouted as well, don't, don't do it. And then Danny did it and he got it. So, <laughs> so what do we know? Let the guy do what he does. Uh, yeah, uh, let him do what they do. Could have all gone wrong. He could have come on top, beat the shit out of me <laughs> and we wouldn't be sat here now. I'd just, I'd have quit and yeah. then I'd probably be like a plumber or something now instead. That'd be awesome. You'd be somewhere I'd be installing centrally and in gyms. That's Stalling. what I'd be doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a need. That they don't use. Oh, there's a need for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a... <laughs> it's just for show, though. Yeah. The central heating is just for show, Chris. Just for when you come over. <laughs> so when I started, I think... Was you a blue belt or a yeah. purple belt at that time? Blue belt, blue maybe. Belt, I, think, yeah. I think when I started, I think you just got your purple belt yeah, around that I time. I think you just got this purple belt. Yeah. Um, when would that have been? We got blue belts in 2000, January 2000. I think I was maybe five years at blue belt. Yeah. And you got your purple belt with Matt, right? No, you. Was it me? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, coach. No, uh, mem- memorable. Can't, right? can't you remember that check? Can't you remember that check that you had yeah, to hand over? Yeah, you, you took the money. No one, no one remembers <laughs> the, when you gave them the lower belts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so if that's like mid two thousand, that's kind of when I yeah, started training. Like that, yeah. yeah. And yeah. did you get promoted before Darren, Helen? I did. Yeah, you go. I did. Always, always one in front. Yeah. In life and in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> it's funny because people have said about, you know, um, about, about being the best guy in the group. And I go, I've never been the best guy in the group. I've never been the best guy in the gym. I've never even been the best guy in our house. <laughs> you know, so, so, so when you get someone like Ellen there, your ego's pretty much kicked out of you right, right from the start. I didn't have to do it on a purpose, you know, just to sort of keep me in check. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like, obviously Darren's the better of the two, but I'll give the, I'll give the belt first to Helen, you know, just to keep, keep him reined in a little bit. It's a good tactic. <laughs> it worked. So when did, so obviously, you know, you guys started jiu-jitsu. When did you start actually training in jiu-jitsu? Um, basically just do it yourself. Grappling and stuff pretty much from the first First couple of UFCs, wasn't yeah. it really? So like it, it like ninety three, ninety four. So, yeah. It was the first, second UFC that we yeah. got into, it wasn't it? I think so. When we watched yeah. um, Gracie, Hoist Gracie yeah. against um, Pat Smith, was it? Yeah, yeah, Pat Smith, the kickboxer. Yeah, the kickboxer. See, I remember that. Like, I think it was ninety seven or ninety eight. Yeah. 
When that, I, that's when it kind of we thought. And yeah, and and, and I'd rolled with um, guys in London, mostly Ajit Kundo guys. I rolled with some judo guys, and you guys were the first I'd rolled them with who were actually aware of what a guard was and what a triangle was and all that stuff. And I was impressed. I was yeah, because like, we met you in Hull yeah, yeah. through Andy Norman. And I was asking, like, where'd you guys learn yeah. your jiu-jitsu? Yeah. But, but it was because just, no one else knew anything then. It, it, but we were just learning it experienced. Yeah. from tapes and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was no internet then, was there? No, no. YouTube. So, so, so at that point, Chris, when the UFC comes around... What are you like a purple belt at this point? Like when UFC this... one happened, I was a, a purple belt. Yes, uh, and yep. d- I'm guessing there's nobody in the gym until that day, and then the gym starts filling up with guys yeah. wanting to learn. I mean, as an American, I was lucky because I was in LA, which is the martial arts mecca of the world, which is where people would go to to either make it in the movies or make it in just martial arts. It was, you know, everyone from Chuck Norris, Bruce Lee, everybody comes to L.A. So you, you trained at least with, in the olden days, right? Like Chuck Norris did jiu-jitsu and stuff. He trained. He, he did, yep. With the Machado. Um, you armbarred him, didn't you? I've spar- yeah, I did. I armbarred armbar- Chuck Norris. Yep, nah. I tapped out. That, 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 no, yeah, that, that didn't happen. No, that's my he made, he made you think that you tapped him. When Chuck is... Yeah, everyone <laughs> thinks but Chuck is tough. He, he actually is tough. I mean, he's um, he has amazingly, like, big hands and strong arms. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, he, he, uh, even then, I mean, he's 10, 15 years older than me. And it was, it was for... I was a brown belt, and it was for his blue belt. A test, yeah. That I was rolling, <laughs> him and I rolled. Yeah. What were you like? Su- were you super famous at that point? Like, did everybody know? Oh, everyone who, knew who yeah. well, Chuck Norris was. Yeah, yeah. So, because yeah. yeah. I guess he's in the films in like the eighties, yes, right? Yeah, so, in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, I loved his movies. Yeah. I loved The Octagon. Yeah. That was one of my favorite movies as a kid. You yeah. Know, with ninjas, and I loved ninjas because it was so like cool and spies and. Black uniforms and black masks and yeah, it's I loved all that. Shit. Somebody to film it. it, it been crazy it's now. too bad. Yeah, it's too bad. It That's a YouTube bad. clip of you and Chuck Norris. Yeah, there, there is a YouTube video of Chuck and I think it's Jean Jacques mm-hmm. doing like a demo yeah. back in like the nineties. Yeah, yeah, it's it, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Yeah, cause yeah, it's mad to think, you know, because everyone thinks of him as this, this film yeah, this film yeah. guy, but he actually... Well, Chuck was, yeah, he was a very skilled athlete. Yeah. You know, he was. Even now he does, because um, he's got his own Taekwondo association, yeah. and even now he does, I think two days out of every year, he does like jujitsu. He makes all his black belts, they yeah. have to do jujitsu. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's still, uh, yeah, he's still involved with that. Twice a year, that's, he trains more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but jujitsu is certainly changed the martial arts world right hit it like a like a punch in the nose yeah i think you say that was one of the worst days ever i've seen hoist gracie win first ufc the best and the worst right because then everybody wanted everybody to know jiu jitsu well it's like i knew the cat your, was out of the bag right yeah, it's it, like, yeah, right no, it's, it's yeah. like now everyone will acquire it right which I thought would happen faster, but it did happen, right? And um, it's it's always still amazing 
but to me the a persistence of fake martial arts disguising themselves as reality martial arts. In other words, like I'm not surprised that cultural martial arts such as various kung fu styles with their beautiful acrobatics are around still because like ballet it's it's still a it's like a, an art form it's a beautiful art form yeah. but i'm i'm shocked that, that there's still the you know joe's self the defense school that like shows you know weird stuff that on the streets that kind of MMA, UFC in the early days has sort of like proven that no, that's kind of won't work. Yeah, I think there became a point where you could either accept that this MMA stuff is reality and then just give what you say you've done fucking Kempo or something for 20 years. You've got to sit down and think, right, that 20 years, I've kind of... That's Wasted the thing. Are time. you going to throw it away? Or are you going to yes. dive deeper? Mm-hmm. Or you can ignore MMA and go deeper into yes. this fucking shit and start... Yeah. yeah, I think there's kind of three paths in general, right? And one of them is like you're, you had a classical style, say, or even one of the other combat sports. You did boxing. You did wrestling. And you discover the jiu-jitsu. You you throw it all out and start brand new and say I'm going to learn but jujitsu and then maybe later on you bring back some of the things you learned. That's one route. The other route is the threat to your ego and all that you've already learned. You reject it, and in essence, you decide that you are going to figure out how to beat the jujitsu. And then there's the middle route that a lot of guys will take where they'll keep up their kung fu or karate while in parallel learning the jiu-jitsu. And then one day, whether it's in months or years, they realize that they hardly do their other stuff anymore at all. And all they do now is the jiu-jitsu. That's usually when they're a purple belt or a brown belt and then they get their well black belt and they chip off the kung fu shingle on their school and they hang up the brazilian but jiu-jitsu one right and <laughs> it's usually one of those routes right yeah yeah and yeah. or some kind of blend in between those three routes that- yeah because we're seeing a lot of like self-defense stuff now like crazy um, it's like Andy Norman, the guy who actually, he, he brought yeah. you here and did, yes. you know, originally you were saying in Hull, that's oh, where you yeah, first yeah. met Chris. That, that's kind of what he's doing now, but he's been exposed to, to you and jiu-jitsu and stuff, but he's really gone into this self-defense. It's like a hole you can't get out of. I yeah. think once you start going too deep into self-defense. Yes. And you know. I also think, and it, I, I believe that this is the same with everything in life, including politics, is it's easier to sell fear and a simple solution to a complex problem. Because reality martial arts is complex and hard work. And I think it's easier if you can come up 
with like some three move answer that will solve the problem of you being attacked. So it becomes a cerebral exercise more than an actual body exercise almost. And so I think that that attraction to a simple answer is comforting more so than the can of worms that reality arts are. Yeah. It, it's it's like what you say like you after your first jujitsu class, you're like, wow, this is great. And if but presented in a way that you want to get your hooks in your students, you show them, you know, here's a guy who attacks you like he puts a headlock on you or he grabs you around the waist or he grabs your um, um, wrist. And you, you instruct class one a series of moves where you gain a control, choke them or a joint unlock them. You, you can walk out of that class thinking, wow, I actually like learned a move that I can apply right now. And then you come back the next class and you start realizing, oh, I don't really know it. And then like within a few months, you realize, wow, I barely have even scratched what it is. And against a guy who knows or even just, you, you know, some spazzy athlete all get destroyed. So it starts opening up the can of worms that you chase the art then, right? Yeah. And you can chase the art or you can chase the illusion of self-defense. And I think that's where that little switching occurs. Whether, yeah. whether you love the competition, win, lose, or draw, you like the fight. You like the art or your ego says, I don't want to risk losing. So I'm going to teach self a defense and just stop at that point where I show one to three things and then keep that illusion of, of it works yeah. because I think the, the thing with a combat sports, I will say, as opposed to combat arts is once you get involved in the sport and that depending on the combat sport rules, right? Then you really start to love the game, I think, right? Yeah, it's like you speak about it, about like... Um... You know, you, you think about the street, you know, you train in the sports side, you know, you learn about the art, but you just... Appears to be that's what's real, is, is we got to learn how to street fight, right? Um, it's like I always... I, I firmly believe that if you took a, a combat athlete, you could run them through a weekend course on street applicable self-defense moves. And in that weekend course, the experience become a bad athlete will acquire those skills. But if you have a guy who's been 
doing years of street self the defense, you can't put him th- through a weekend course of combat sports and have him uh, compete against other yeah. combat athletes. Yeah, definitely. It's just it, it it it's it's beyond cerebral. It, it gets down into the bones and meat of of reaction and timing and experience against real resistance and against the, uh, your peers and and that's irreplaceable. Remember that guy who came train with us one time. He um, he was a self defense instructor, and he didn't even get through your warm up. <laughs> Did he? So I think you're right in saying. Not many that. people do get through Alan's well, warm ups, do they? Fairly simple warm up that day, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he, I remember that. He actually, um, and he he kind of quit there and then. Uh, it's you know, even finished warming up. He just got his bag and went. And uh, this, this was the guy. This was the self defense instructor. It's kind of where everyone starts, isn't it? Yeah. Most people start out doing martial arts because they want to defend themselves yeah. yep. against bullies or yes. guys pushing them around. So you, most and people, it's mostly an imagined scary guy, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's like it starts. It's it's it starts from a fear, and for a lot of us, it's. It's reminiscent of a childhood fear, whether we were truly picked on or not, or w- whether, like, f- for me, I was a stuttering, but defiant, I don't want to take shit f- from anyone, a kid who liked uh, to fight. So I liked that whole part of it. But you were always scared because you always knew there were guys out there who were tougher. So you, you, you're chasing, in essence, and the street fight in civilized Western world re- really is a sport, too. It's unlicensed boxing, whether it's a, a, a schoolyard brawl or a brawl in the pub. It's a sport. There's kind of established cultural rules. And so really, you're already blurring the line of, a sport and street in that way, yeah, right? Yeah. But if you're the guy who's never been in a physical altercation in your life, I think it's far easier to be sucked into the fake self-defense martial art paradigm. Yeah, you're looking for this magical answer that'll just yeah. beat anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think looking back to, you mentioned Chuck Norris earlier, that kind of sort of, that, that fantasy film where one guy gets attacked by like 10 guys and he just wipes them all out. Yeah, that's yeah. all of our dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're doing spinning back kicks, just uh, tagging yeah. guys in the head, no problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've trained martial arts all my life and I've had quite a few scrapes on the street and it's fucking chaos. Yeah. It's so messy. It's, street yeah, yeah. fighting is messy. It's way messy. You can't, yeah. you can't really, tra- you can't really yeah. replicate. And the mat is not soft. Yeah, it's just fucking. And there's obstacles everywhere. Yeah. Holes, fire hydrants, <laughs> stone walls, cars, traffic, curbs, other humans. Strangers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, there's a Doncaster. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's It's crazy. Crazy. So, going back to like, obviously, used to you say you met Chris in Hull. Yeah. So what? How did how did this kind of thing start? You know, 
with the old combat base thing. Hull is the paradise of the UK. I, f- I disagree, <laughs> mate. I have to disagree. Uh, <laughs> I disagreed earlier as well with how, when he said about everybody goes to LA to get into to martial arts and films and that. But I think people go to Hull. I think it's Hull. Hull, the epicenter. Yeah, we just um, out of the blue got, got an invitation from Andy Norman to go and meet this guy. We pretty much hit it off. So like just way. like a sem- just a seminar, right? Yeah, to and start then, with, yeah. Um, yeah, it was in a church hall in the middle of a little village that we'd never even heard of, and we all crammed into this church hall, and there must have been about 50 people there, and there was Chris and Chance came over, and we just got training, got talking to Chris and Chance at the end and everything, and then it went from there, didn't it? Yeah. Yep. Chance is now one of my uh, black belts who instructs in Singapore. Mm. He's got a little group he runs out there. Yeah, that's cool. You've been been all over the world coaching and stuff. Are you are you heading after Ireland? Are you heading like into Europe? He got some seminars. Uh, no, no, after Ireland, I'm headed home. All right. So, mm-hmm. well, you, you, you do a lot of seminars out in Europe as well, Scandinavia and stuff. I usually do two to three overseas a year. Yeah. Uh, y- Europe. And or UK, Ireland, um, Australia. He hooked up with the Globetrotters guys. The Globetrotters, yeah, yep, yeah. I do those camps occasionally. I Where, where's your favourite place that you've been? You know, I like everywhere I go. Even if it's a place that I would never want to live, I love the experience of going, right? Um, so, yeah, I like everywhere. I don't have any... Place I would say that's oh that's my favorite place Hull. I gotta go there Hull, Hull. We need yeah. to get we need to get back to Hull of course Hull the Hull and back Hull is just great <laughs> you know I you don't need a heater in Hull right <laughs> you had a good crack in South Africa doing those seminars oh too. yeah God I'm warm that night at least it was warm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've never been to South Africa. Yeah, it was pretty awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's the guy, um, like the guy in the family, the family that who we stayed with, were like real, like kind of um, Christians, weren't they? Real kind of like they're they're very religious, yeah, religious people. And so uh, the first night we were there, I I volunteered how to say grace to them before they ate. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember you? Remember your grace that you came up with? What did I say? God's neat, let's eat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's horrible. Yeah, Yeah, I... I, And then when I went back into our room, and and you're playing um, NWA to the guy's kids. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, listen to this music. I was like, Chris, you can't be doing that with these kids. I'm playing NWA. All the the kids in LA like them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'll I'll steer away from anything that involves me making a comments on religion, politics, <coughs> race, and culture because we'll be here all night. Yeah, yeah we don't have yeah. time. Yeah, we'll, even we'll, know that that is my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> we'll save that for another day. We'll I just, love a philosophy. Yeah, we'll just do a, a quick one today. <laughs> But yeah, so a- ask Helen stuff and Darren stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so obviously start at that point when you met Chris, you white belts at that point. Yeah. 
and then um yeah so you so you're linked up and then what happened then were you getting him back every year or like how often are you are you training with him at that oh, point him, he was coming over yeah, twice, twice i came over twice, sometimes twice a year, twice a year, a year. Yeah. for about five years yeah. huh? and yeah. then when because obviously my brother lives in la so we'd go over to stay with my brother and we'd go over and train with chris over in redondo and stuff like that so and that's just how we then formed like combat base and with jujitsu yeah. yep it was yeah. you guys that came up i remember for years i never know what to call my jujitsu, right? And I never wanted to, the, the Chris Howder uh, jujitsu. I always thought that just seemed to, um, see, really, I've always thought, I've got this weird love-hate with martial arts as a whole. <laughs> it, it, it seems corny, like running around and learning how to fight. It seems so... And a lot, like, and again, it's it's a love hate, right? There's this also aspect to me that totally embraces it and loves it and loves the art and and sees the value in the primal learning of it. But then there's this other part that, you know, it's like could be quantified as the classic, you know, self defense instructor. You know, I'm going to teach you how to be tough. We're going to learn this. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to grow out of that. And they never did. You, you came up with the position combat base. Yes. And that's where we took the name from. So, yes. so that, that I named it. Yes. So that's that's from like a that's like a military term, right? The combat base. Is that I, what I don't it, it's, it's not it's even really a military term, but I thought of it, yes, as as a it's a good position for the passing guard. But transitioning from but being down into standing, you can shoot from there, you can punch from there, you can but defend from there. So it's a base from in which it's so a combat base. Yeah. So you did. So you came up with that name for I came that position. Up with that term, and then they, Helen and but Darren were like, call it the combat base. Well, jujitsu, and at first, of course, I hated it because I always hate any named thing. At first, <laughs> it just seems, oh, really? We're gonna name it? Um, then, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So you, the gym was called Combat Base first, right? And yeah. then, uh, and then, yeah, now, now the old branch, and we've got there's quite a few schools now. I mean, obviously, we've got schools in the UK, but in in America, is the there's affiliates? Yeah. 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 I mean, had I had any brains and less morals, I would have created a pyramid structure where everybody who was under me had to change the name of their school to Combat Base. And then we would have... A, a, a big team, a big tribe. Matching geese. Yeah. Matching geese and all that stuff. Yeah, but but I always approach this thing as let adults be adults and have independence, especially if they're paying you. And I always find it weird that adults pay other adults to control them. Yeah. It seems, and that that's the culty part about martial arts, is about how you're paying somebody money Yet they're telling you what you can wear, what patch you can have, what shirt, and you're paying them money. 
it it's it's seems like a pyramid scheme or a cult and and that's like just one of those kind of strange things that and that would never work in jiu-jitsu I'm not saying that would never work. Yeah, yeah we could get we could get like red patches. And <laughs> maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. Maybe that is just human nature. But you, you, that, that's just our the, the way we yield. Yeah. And including me, I'm not claiming I'm somehow never involved in being sucked into that thing because i think it's it's in our genes i think that's what yeah and it's, and it's religion a, is yeah it's a business you've got you, to make money you as pay well. to be told what to do in, in lots of logos for like jiu-jitsu clubs it's there for you to see it looks like a triangle on the logo <laughs> if you look closer it's actually a pyramid it's a pyramid yes. it's a scheme man it tells you but i think that that's what's good about combat base because i like i basically trained in a garage. I've trained with lots of different coaches. I'm from Doncaster where there's lots of, there's lots of black belts, you know, from back in the day we're training, but I, I started training at Pontefract and then Chris actually gave me my blue belt. Um, I can't remember what year that was. I have put it on BJJ belt checker though. I've done, I've made my little <laughs> profile with all my dates on, oh, nice. but yeah. Um, so yeah, 2000 and something. I think I was 17 or 18, yeah, when yeah. I got that. I, I was pretty young. But, yeah, so... And then I've stayed with Combat Base this entire time, you know. I've, and, but the cool thing about it is, is that kind of independence and freedom. Like, I can do what I want pretty much. And, you know, that, I think that's what attract people to join Combat Base is, is that freedom. Yeah. Whereas... Yeah. You know, so it, it's just a you good... You don't make any fucking money doing that, though. Yeah, it's a good alternative. happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's eat. Let's eat. <laughs> or yeah. I'm going to go pee. You guys wrap this podcast up. <laughs> I got to piss more than a pregnant lady. We got to get out of here anyway. Oh, no, yeah. Business matters are sponsors too, gonna. Oh, yeah, don't oh, worry yeah. about that. Outer has left the building. <laughs> So, yeah, we have actually got a shoe. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Amazing Green CBD. Check them out. Use code AVT10 for discounts. Um, and if anybody wants to train uh, at Combat Base, where can they find you? Where do, where do they do they just turn up at your house? It's, um, it's a secret location. They have to actually find us to qualify to actually train. There you go. <laughs> so, um, either that or Google. <laughs> Combat base point if racked. Uh, Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Helen. Thank Thanks, you. Chris, who's now in the toilet. Oh, God. And uh, anyone wants to sponsor us, get in touch. Ah, yeah. So, so we are still looking for some new sponsors and stuff. If you want to jump on, uh, just fire us a message. Uh, you can get in touch with me, Danny Mitchell MMA, on all social media, and Josh Goodgen. Oh, yeah. All Stars Podcast. Thanks for today. Thank you. Thanks, Thank man. you. Cheers.